0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Avari Presents On The Go, a podcast covering topics to help you successfully run your life insurance business. I'm Deanne Brinton, AVP of Advisor Experience and Sales Innovations here at Avari. And being a lifetime student, I love learning something new every day. That's my hope for you today, to glean some insight, find a new idea, or just renewed focus on a part of your business. Today we are joined by our compliance consultant, Adam Kalesha. Many of you may know Adam. He joined Avari a couple of years ago and has quickly eked out an incredible, insightful existence into your business. We often talk about the pillars and sales really focuses on your ability to go out and sell products to your clients. But one of the other things that we have to consider is how do you run your business? And compliance is a huge part of that, along with some other very focused areas that we have here at Avari. So today we're going to hear from the horse's mouth. Adam is going to join He's going to talk about things like the worst questions and the best questions, the do's and the don'ts. So, with that, I'm going to welcome Adam. And I'd like to ask you what are the top three questions that you feel like you get asked all the time?
1: Hello, Diane, and thank you for having me over. Pleasure as always. The you know what? I, I see you jump right into it. So let's go with it. Uh, the top three questions. So having worked as a compliance officer, I've noticed there, there seems to be a trend. There seems to be a trend in questions that advisors always ask me. And uh, there's many of them, but there seem to be a couple that always tend to pop out at me. So let's start with number one. I get this question all the time from advisors. And they ask me, hey, Adam, can you, can you explain what is the reason why letter? And more important, when should we give it? Who do we give it to? And why do we give it? When I hear that question, I am... Two things. I am excited that they're asking because they want to know. And I am flabbergasted because they don't know and they should have. This reason why letter has been a regulatory required document across Canada for all insurance advisors for, I would say, over four years. So... Whom do you give it to? You give it to every client that you have that you sold any product to. You can have one client, and if you sold them multiple policies, you will provide them with multiple reason why letters. And it kind of brings me to the other part of it is when. When do you give it to your client? There is... Such a thing as I would say the best time, which would be when you discuss what policy you're going to go with, the client agrees. And then what you want to do is you want to write it out in a nice, cohesive reason why letter that you can give to your client and they can go through it. They can share it with their spouse so they can all decide whether they want to go through or not. So there is no sooner that you can give it to them, but there is too late. When you can give it to them the latest you can give a reason why letter to your client would be with the policy when you deliver the actual policy i would strongly recommend it you do it a little bit before that just to give your client chance to read through it and make sure that the policy is what they want to get now why this is the most key question here why do you need the reason why letter. See what I did there? So just look at the name, right? Reason why letter. You give it to your client so they know what is the reason why they bought the particular product that they did, right? So you can sit there, you can explain it to them in the most magnificent presentation ever with fireworks and little puppies doing tricks, but... As a regulatory obligation across Canada, you have to provide each and one of your clients for every policy, every product, sorry, that you sell, a reason why letter that will clearly outline seven key items of why this policy is being sold instead of another policy. Let's go through the seven key items that a good reason why letter should have. Item number one, product being purchased. That goes without saying, look, you are selling a product and your reason why letter should say what product is being sold, right? So item number two, type of insurance, the carrier and brand name expands a little bit on item number one. You want to let the client know, hey, you are getting this kind of policy from this carrier and here is the name of the policy. Are there any other key facts, which is item number three. Very important item that you want to have on this reason why letter is needs and gaps and coverage identified and plans to follow up. On those unmet needs think of the situation where you meet a client you do your fact finding and needs analysis you find that the client requires a million dollars coverage but they can currently only afford six hundred thousand. that leaves a four hundred thousand dollar gap now imagine further that something unfortunately happens and your client's family comes to you and they'll say hey why did you only give them six hundred thousand when you knew they needed a million dollars and this is where a reason why letter would come in handy because you would clearly indicate in the reason why letter that you did find what are the needs but you also found that there's going to be a gap because that is what's currently the client can afford but you have a plan on how to follow up with those unmet needs Uh, Item number six in the reason why letter would be any fee choices. Are there any fee choices? And item number seven that should go without saying is call to action. You want to let your client know in writing in this reason why letter that, hey, if you have any questions, you can ask me. If you're unclear about anything, you can ask me. So make sure that you have a nice reason why letter and you can make your own. There is no template that the regulators want you to use. I've seen it done in a format of questions and answers. I've seen it done in a format of a couple paragraphs. So do whatever works for you. Just make sure you do it. So when? Not later than when the policy gets delivered. Whom? Every client for every product. Why? Because you need to explain why that product and not some other product is being purchased by your client. And if you ever want to see a very good template for a reason why letter, hop on over to avari.ca. We have one.
0: Adam, I don't think I've heard anybody explain the reason why letter better than you just did. And I'm not just saying that because Adam and I work together. That was a very comprehensive description. And everybody, again, when you think about the why part, right, what's important to you is that you're demonstrating your professionalism. And you're creating a template that you can revisit. What better way to talk to somebody who may be saying, hmm, I don't know if I need this insurance anymore than your original reason why? That talks exactly to your point. Why did you get the insurance? Was it to cover your mortgage? Was it to replace income? Was it to preserve some, you know, uh, wealth that you want to pass on the next generation? Doesn't matter what the reason is, um, but getting that why. And thanks for mentioning Avari. Um, You know, we don't capture every compliance document um, on our website. There's so many different ones that advisors have from their distributors or from the companies, but we do have our reason why. So um, for those who are listening, reach out to your sales director at Avari and they can help you out. And certainly uh, get you connected with our Reason Why letter. So, moving right along, we've got three questions that you get asked all the time. Thanks for covering Reason Why. I think one has to do with fair treatment of customers. And maybe you can elaborate a little bit on that topic.
1: Fair treatment of clients. Very good question. It kind of comes with a couple other questions attached to it. When does it start and end? Is it, you know, is it when you first meet them? Is it when you sell them the policy? Or is it when there's a problem with the policy and that's when you finally treat them fairly? <laughs> no, you know what? It doesn't even start with you as, an, as the advisor. Yeah, it starts way before that. It actually starts with the carriers when they design the products that you sell. And it goes on until the policy gets paid out. I think, uh, I think the best way to explain is... Fair treatment of clients is a set of guidelines. And those guidelines are for carriers, advisors, and customers. You know, Because making sure that the customers are treating fairly is not a sole responsibility of just the carrier or just the advisor. It's a combined effort by both. So for carriers, fair treatment of clients means coming up with products that Clients can afford. They will make sure that they protect the clients. Okay, whereas fetching of clients for advisor means that you treat all your clients the same way, whether a client approaches you with, you know, a young family. Small income, and they, but they want to make sure that their kids are protected. That you give them the same time and the same energy as you would to a uh, Elon Musk if he ever came to you and he said, "Hey, I want to buy a policy from you, right?" So, fetchment of client means that you have a process, you have a sales process that you follow with every single one of your clients, and that process might be a little bit more complicated for Mr. Musk due to, you know life situation i guess rather than a small family that's on limited income but it will be the same process for both of them you will give both of those families sorry elon or the family you will give both of them the same disclosure document you will sit down and discuss what it is that you do and why you do those things with both of them equally the same you will do as best to your abilities Uh, fact-finding and needs analysis with the world's richest men and a family that's struggling. Fair treatment of client means you do not discriminate and you treat everyone the same way. So look, personally, I I think fair treatment of clients can be kind of simplified into a few key points that if you follow, you will more likely be On the right side of treating your customers fairly so item number one your customers always come first and you will treat them all fairly okay item number two you will pay special attention to your vulnerable clients and when i say vulnerable i don't mean just old vulnerable client could be anybody a 20 year old client could be a vulnerable client because they don't know anything about insurance, okay? So it's it's their knowledge, it's their resources. that what makes a client vulnerable. So you want to make sure you give them special attention. Uh, the products and services that you sell, you will present those in an easy-to-understand manner for everybody, which kind of goes with the previous uh, statement I just made about the vulnerable clients, right? Next item is you will provide a full and complete disclosure to all your customers. Okay, so whether it's that struggling family or if it's Elon Musk, they both get the same treatment from you, they both get the same disclosure, and you explain it to them both in the same detail and manner. Another item, too, is You will act in accordance to all the laws, regulations, and guidelines, whether it be national, provincial, from your carrier, from your MGA. Okay, so make sure that if you follow those items, you will be treating your customers fairly. Okay, it will steer you in the right direction of treating your customers fairly. Okay, I hope that clears it a little bit out. So just kind of go back to the beginning treating your customers fairly it's not a specific form it's not a specific item you do it's a combination of all of those things it's it's you using all the required forms it's you treating the customers in the same manner regardless of who they are and what their assets are okay so if anybody ever asks you hey do you treat your customers fairly you want to think about it this way. If this customer was your mother, would you be okay with how you treat this client?
0: That's a, it's a really good analogy. And, you know, I was just listening to what you were saying, Adam, and, um, you know, it's almost like fair treatment of customers is like a behavior.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, it's, 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 it's a value system. It's in everything you do. And it's demonstrated, like you said, mm-hmm. by, you know, the, the kind of work that you do in the kind of documentation. And by the way, for everyone who's listening, when you hear stuff like this, if your client's new, all the concentration you have around your compliance Fair treatment of customer, all that goes involved in that pillar of your business, you know, people would really understand the professionalism of, of our industry in a completely different way. Um, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a real promoter of uh, compliance as part of people's business activity because I think it really helps us um, build great reputations that we care and that we really believe in what we do and we're not just out, you know, selling, I call it it selling Tic Tacs. Um, So, you know, we're not selling Tic Tacs. Um, Anyway, we're going to move on to the next one, but I'm not going to steal your thunder. Give us your number three.
1: (laughs) Number three. And this is, this actually started, I started getting this question a lot more since, uh, you know, two years ago when uh, COVID arrived, right? So let's just jump right into it. Can I sell insurance to clients in other provinces virtually? I guess this is, The way I answer this question always, I do it in two parts. Okay. First, I do a disclaimer for everybody that's listening. Look, whether you do your sale entirely non face to face, I mean, you met your clients, uh, I don't know, on a chat somehow, whatever, and all your interactions with the client were done via Zoom. All your forms were emailed to them, they emailed them back to you. You've never seen that client in person, okay? The difference in compliance between doing that kind of sale and doing a sale as sitting in the same room, how it used to be happening uh, before this whole pandemic, more often than not. In the eyes of compliance, there is no difference, okay? You can never see them or you can always see them. You are still required to do the same Type of documentation, you are still required to do this, have the same regulatory required documents, such as a disclosure or a reason why letter. You still need to have the same items. It's just the format that might be slightly different. So, what I'm trying to say is, you know, your policy or your disclosure or your reason why letter will not be. wet signed it's not going to be signed with a pen but it's going to be signed digitally via you know adobe or however they sign it or they sign it and then they scan it and they send you a copy back so the format is the only thing that changed your requirements stay the same okay so virtual in-person compliance did not change okay still required to do the same thing so that kind of goes to this question advisors are asking, hey, look, you know, I'm, a, I'm an advisor here. I live in Ontario. I met some clients. Uh, they live in uh, British Columbia, right? And I want to sell them a policy because I mean, it's virtual world, right? I can, I can do the same thing whether they're in Ontario or BC. I still do the same job virtually, right? So here's my answer. No, you can't. If you are not licensed in that province where they're client is right now, where you have your meetings with them, where the paperwork gets signed, you cannot sell it in another province if you are not licensed in that province. Okay, So kind of going back, look, you can only sell to clients where you are licensed in which province. How you sell it? That's up to you. You want to do it virtually only, go right ahead. You want to do a hybrid, meet them in person, do a lot of stuff virtually, go ahead. the The process itself is uh, almost I don't want to say relevant, but it doesn't matter from the compliance standpoint of view, as long as you meet all your compliance regulation, regulatory required documentation and all the other good stuff from compliance. Okay, so do it what works for you. Just make sure you do it the same way, whether you do it virtually or physically. And what I mean by the same way is the proper way, okay? Mm -hmm. The
0: compliant way. So everybody out there, great solution. Get licensed in the provinces that you want to do business in. The new reality is you can because clients will have the same expectation of meeting in person. Um, you know, I've, I've often sort of made the analogy, Adam, and you, you'll probably get a kick out of this because, you know, we talk about this stuff so often, but, you know, Netflix has really taken over and Blockbusters isn't coming back. Um, and, you know, the world's changed, right? We're all doing online banking. I can't even imagine taking a check. To a bank machine now, when I can take a picture of it and deposit it, and that's if you actually get a check these days, which is very rare. Um, but like you said, you know, understanding how to take advantage of these opportunities from a compliance scope, you know, he, you know, uh, Adam's trying to tell everybody what to stay away from and how to stay out of trouble. But the advantage of of this for a lot of folks is that you know, if you want to do business and you have opportunity to do business in other um, provinces, as long as you follow the rules, go for it you've got a great opportunity to deal with people all over the place. You know, we have presenters come in um, to work with us on Avari Presents that reside in Ireland. And really with the technology we have now, it feels so different. In fact, Adam and I are four provinces apart as we record this. Um, But we're looking at each other. We're on the screen. We're smiling and laughing. And it's just like we're sitting in the same room for the most part. So um, very quick plug I wanted to share with everybody for um, avari.ca. For advisors who have a contract with Avari, We thank you. Um, For considering us for your business, but we also want to give you some resources. So if you go on our website, you log in as an advisor, there's a section in there called For My Business. And under that, you'll find a section called Avari Presents. And you're hearing now our summer series, our podcast. This is the on the go. um, But we also have uh, a weekly webinar that we do throughout most of the year. And we also keep a lot of that content. So I mentioned Netflix. Our version of Netflix is our on demand section. And there you'll find a drop down menu with a lot of really good video resources resources of Adam presenting compliance, along with some other topics. So I'd encourage everybody not right now, because hopefully you're either driving or walking and you're not looking at your laptop. Um, But when you get a chance, you know, take take a quick look on your phone or on your laptop or your iPad, and uh, check out Avari.c and get into that avari present section, you'll find some really good resources. And again, you know, I wish I wish there was an Adam around when I was an advisor, because it probably would have made my life a lot easier in terms of breaking it down. Thank you for listening to Avari Presents On The Go. I hope you found this episode useful for your business. Stay tuned for our next episode dropping shortly. Until then, if you like what you've heard, tell your friends and colleagues. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform.